Good morning. Um, you know, I, I, I jokingly say this sometimes, but it's the truth. Um, you know, God had me start a program because He knew I needed to be in a program the rest of my life, and uh, and, and that that's true. You know, um, listening to those testimonies and seeing guys when they come in and where they're at keeps me grounded. You know, keeps me remembering where I came from. You know, how how many of us easy to forget? It's easy to lose sight. You know where we were when God. When God delivered us, when God brought us home, we, we, we get away from that. We lose sight of that monument in our life. You know, and listening to Josh and listening to some of these guys, it, it always brings me back to the reality um, that what God's done in my life and what God continues to do in my life. Um, I felt like as I was driving here this morning, God kind of changed up a little bit of what I wanted to share briefly with you about i don't want to keep us in here all day because i know it's pretty out there and the lake's probably nice so i know some people want to go swimming or whatever um but i wanted to talk a little bit about uh, vision briefly you know a lot of you know tony and i when we came up here we we had a vision in our hearts you know and that that vision was imparted to me by a great man of God named Mickey Evans um, down at Dunklin. And um, he started a, a place for, at the time, was just alcoholics out in the middle of the swamp, Nokachobe. <laughs> and, um, you know, in 1963, he was a Southern Baptist minister, just got a new parsonage, just had a brand new sanctuary built, and uh, had a brand new church. And um, he was doing that, and... He said one night he was whining to God. He said he wasn't praying. He was whining. Anybody ever whined to God? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he was whining to God. And, you know, it was at that point in time the Lord really spoke to him, spoke into him, and, and really called him to do what he did. See, Mickey's father died on Skid Row from alcoholism. Uh, Mickey wasn't an alcoholic himself, but his father... Um, died on Skid Row down in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, uh, from alcoholism. And God put a vision in his heart to start a place for alcoholics in 1963. And uh, so they went out in the middle of the swamp. First day he brought his wife out there, you know, a snake, black snake wrapped around her leg. You know, she looked at him. She said, are you sure, Mickey? You know. And every year we, we go back for homecoming and, you know, Mickey shares this slideshow of the history of, of Dunklin and how it started. I, they had a monkey out there that used to run around and pull all the clothes off the clotheslines. And, you know, I mean, people would come and donate stuff, and they'd say, well, if you, if, uh, if you take, that's how they got the monkey. They said, well, if you take these, you got to take this monkey. So they took the monkey, and anyway, the monkey disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to the monkey. Anyway, um, but, you know, I, I came there and, and, you know, my life was changed there. And I've shared that testimony. I won't go into all that, you know. But, but there was a vision birthed in my heart in that place, you know. And my wife's heart. And, you know, we came up here in 2004 with a, with a vision and not much else. We, were, we didn't have much money and uh, didn't have any idea what we were doing. All we had was a vision. 
in our heart to come and start a place for men. And uh, that was tough. You know, we tried to start it, and it got shut down. And, you know, God had to do a work in me. And, you know, I, I wanted to say that in reference to vision. God usually speaks a vision, and then he goes about get the process of getting you ready to walk in that vision. You look at the story of Joseph. Joseph got a dream, okay? And he had a dream that his family would be bowing down to him <laughs> in that dream, okay? And Joseph kind of liked that idea because his brothers were rough on him because his dad tended to trust Joseph because Joseph, you know, he's a very good administrator. He's very gifted. And he looked after his dad's affairs very well, you know. And he looked after his brothers and he would report to his dad about his brothers. And, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff with that. And his brothers didn't like Joseph very much. So when he had a dream that his brothers were going to bow down to him, hey, that looked pretty good. Of course, he felt the need to share that with them. And I'm sure he did it in complete humility. You know, I'm sure he was as humble as he could be when he shared that they would be bowing down to him. Okay? And uh, <laughs> so, then they get thrown in a well. Okay? He gets out of the well. He gets sold into slavery. He works for Potiphar. Potiphar's house is blessed. He gets accused of messing with Potiphar's wife. Gets thrown in a dungeon. Okay? Goes through that whole process. And then he goes from the dungeon to the palace in, uh, in his second in command of the kingdom. Okay? But all through that process, there was something being worked in Joseph's life. One of the main things that was being worked in Joseph's life was this. When the time came for him to administrate the things that he did in the kingdom and to interpret the dream uh, of Pharaoh, when, when, it, when it came time for him to do that, uh, and, and he interpreted that dream, it wasn't about him. The dream wasn't about him. It was about him being in a place where he could help his family. And many times when we're young and we're starting out in vision and we're starting out with, with something God's birthed in our heart, it's about us. But I want to say this to you. If you've got a vision in your heart from God, and I hope that you do. I hope that you have a vision for your family. I hope that you have a vision for your business. I hope that you have a a vision uh, from God to minister and to help people because that's what we're called to. But I want to say this to you. That vision is not about you. (laughs) And Joseph had to go through a process of learning that that vision wasn't about him. It wasn't his. It was about him getting positioned in a place so that he could take care of his family through a very dark time. Why? Because he was able to feed them. He was able to take care of them. His gifts were not for him. His gifts were for somebody else. His life was to be given to someone else. And listen, in, in this age that we live in, and especially in the West, in America, I don't mean to step on any toes, but it's an all-about-me society. It really is. It's an all-about-me society. My house, my car, my job, my pool. If you got a pool, I don't have a pool. i got a creek. My this, my that, my stuff. You know? we got so much stuff now. We're, you know, the booming business now is storage buildings. Why? Because we fill our house up with stuff, so we have to clear the stuff out. We put it in a storage building so we can put more stuff in. 
right? But that's not what our lives are supposed to be about. That's not what our vision's supposed to be about. Jesus gave the picture of who would be the greatest, right? He did. He said, I'll show you who's the greatest. And he took a towel and he took some water and he washed the disciples' feet. And the Savior of the world bowed down and washed people's feet. He said, this is the greatest in the kingdom. That's different in our society. We work our way to the top. Successful. Got to be success. Got to get to the top. Got to be in charge. Got to run the show. Right? That's not what it's about. And over the years in this vision of me walking in this, there's a lot of things I've had to learn in that. There's a lot of things that I've had to lay down. Another thing that I've had to learn is the fulfillment of the vision couldn't just be accomplished by me. (laughs) It took a lot of people. You know, you heard uh, Greg up here sharing. If it weren't for Greg, I think Tony and I would be divorced. (laughs) And it takes a lot of people to make Eagle's Nest function and to make that vision a reality, to make that dream come true. Okay? And let me say something else to you. There's a lot of hard times in the midst of fulfilling a vision. A vision comes about with much effort, much work, much struggle. It's not easy. And you, I'm telling you, I've wanted to pack my bags and quit once a week sometimes. And it's easy to get in that mentality, to want to throw, pack it all in and leave because you're going through a struggle. But what we don't realize is that it's in the midst of the struggle that we're gaining strength to actually fulfill the vision. You know, when a mother eagle is, is beginning to get her baby eaglet ready to fly, she begins to remove the bedding feathers. And it gets prickly. <laughs> you can't, the eagle can't sit anymore. But he can't fly yet either. So he sits on the edge of the nest and in his frustration just flaps his wings. But what he doesn't realize is that in that struggle, he's gaining strength to be able to fly, to be able to fulfill his intended purpose. Don't lose sight of what God is doing in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your disappointment. God's there. God's moving. God's working. Don't quit. You don't quit. You keep going. I don't care if you got a leg blown off or an arm blown off. Keep moving forward. Let me tell you another piece of that. Don't try to do it alone. Go back to what I just said. Never fulfill a vision by yourself. You may get the vision. Moses had a great vision. Joshua was the one that ended up carrying it out and actually fulfilling it. Don't try to do it alone. You can't. It's not meant for you to do alone. One of the most frustrating things as a visionary that I find is that I get a lot of vision 
but none of it can I do myself. (laughs) I need other people around me to help fulfill that vision. And that makes me dependent upon the body of Christ. I can't do it alone. Joseph couldn't do what he did alone. There were a lot of people that played a part in that. Moses couldn't do what he did alone. There were a lot of people that played a part in that. Fulfillment of those visions, those dreams. Am I making any sense? You hearing me? You know, and recently, one of the things that God's shown me is that the dream or the vision from God won't fulfill you. <laughs> really won't. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. Eagle's Nest is not my identity. <laughs> my identity is I'm a son of God. And he loves me. And God's kingdom is much more vast than Eagle's Nest. It's much bigger than Eagle's Nest. And recently I got into a place where I was finding identity in that and, and you know, getting into the uh, competitiveness in, in my heart and junk in my heart and jealousies in my heart. and I know none of y'all got that. I, I mean, I, I got, I, I'm the only one that's got that, I know. Right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, and God just began to really deal with me. And he said, you got a dog in that hunt. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you got a dog in the hunt. He said, you're finding fulfillment and identity out of what you're doing. And he said, you're not going to find it there. You're going to get burned every time. He said, pull your dog out of that hunt. It ain't about that. Got leaders coming up, guys growing, maturing, filling, fulfilling roles, taking on new places, having dreams themselves. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for than that? That's what it's about. It's not about me. It's about what God's doing in people's lives. And I get to be a part of that. And listen, and I'm, I'm going to say this, well, I'll, I'll say I'm going to say this last thing and shut up, but I'm thinking I am. God doesn't want you to do something for Him. God wants to do something with you. <laughs> God doesn't want you to do something for Him. Doing this for God, all for Jesus. Praise God. No. God wants to do it with us. He wants us to participate with Him. His yoke is easy. We're to yoke with Him. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's been the hardest lesson that I've had to learn over and 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 over again. That I can do nothing apart from Him. That everything that I do that's apart from Jesus Christ is nothing. You hear that? And that's bad. Nothing. You know what that word translates in the Greek? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Not a zilch. I can do nothing apart from Him. It's it's not about that. I remember a great story that Rick shared. It so blessed my socks. Uh, he shared about him and 
him and Shay digging that fence line out on the on their property that they had, and they were digging in rock and clay, and it was just a lot of hard work. But Rick said that whenever he would drive past that property and he'd look at that fence, he didn't think about how hard it was. He thought about all the time that him and Shay got to spend together. The same is true with the Lord. It's not about doing something for Him. It's about doing something with Him. And being in relationship with Him as we go. I'm telling you, I, 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 I say that jokingly, but I'm really serious. That's been the toughest lesson that I've had to learn. I had a situation, it's been a couple years ago, but I had a situation where I was pretty frustrated. I had about a van and a half. We run a painting business for the ministry. And I had about a van and a half that were running. We had about five or six jobs going. I didn't know how I was going to get all this done. I got guys loaded up in my truck and we're heading out. And I'm going to drop them off at different jobs. I'm just trying to make it all work. And some, that's, sometimes that's a part of a vision too. <laughs> you just got to do what you got to do. Grind it out. Amen? So I'm trying to do that. And uh, going down the road, and my clutch starts going out. And inside of me, I'm like, really, Lord? <laughs> Come on, man. I was trying to do your work here. You can help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? And my clutch goes out. I'm stuck like Chuck. I mean, I'm like, what is going on? Frustrated. So two or three days go by. I get that fixed, cost me whatever. <laughs> and um get that fixed and I'm driving down the road and I feel the Lord knocking on my heart, you know. I'm like, no, I'm mad at you. See, I'm just being honest with you. That's what I was at. I'm mad at you. I don't want to talk. You ain't helping me. That went by, and I, I had to go to a prayer meeting on a Saturday at Steve Flieger's house. And it was more out of obligation than it was because I wanted to go. I just went out of obligation, you know. And I went to that prayer meeting, and Steve Flieger comes up, and he says, uh, he says, I just take this heavy yoke off of you, and I put the yoke of Jesus Christ on you. And I felt the transaction. I, I was like, oh, something just happened. And I began to feel the peace of God again. And I was, as I was leaving out of there, God began to speak to me. And I began to talk to him. I said, I said Lord, where's the grace at in this thing? You know, where's, where's the grace at in what we're doing? I, I need help. And he said this to me. He said, I haven't moved. <laughs> You've moved. He said, you don't seek me. You don't come to me. You rush around with your busy life. And then when things go wrong, you want to blame me. You don't spend time with me. You're not in fellowship with me. You're not in the Word. You're not dealing with your heart. And then when things go wrong, you want to blame me. I'm going to tell you, I understand the term wept bitterly. <laughs> because I began to weep bitterly began to weep so much that I had calluses on my cheeks from weeping so much because I had walked away from God. I was doing 
the ministry. I was doing something for Him, but I wasn't doing it with Him. And listen, when, when we try to do God's will in our flesh, it will kill us. Because remember, the spirit and the flesh are opposed to one another. You cannot do spiritual things in your flesh. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It will always feel like an uphill battle. It will always feel like we're not going to get there. Why? Because you can't do spiritual things in a carnal way. The carnal mind doesn't understand the things of God. Can't comprehend the things of God. And I began to cry out to the Lord. And I'd love to say that that's the last time that ever happened. (laughs) But it's not. I'm consistently learning that and coming back to my Father's arms. Coming back to my Lord's arms. I'm consistently learning and growing in that. He's teaching me. But hear that. There's a vision in your heart. And I hope there is. We need vision. We need vision for our lives. Okay? But God doesn't want you to do that for Him. He wants you to do that with Him. It's not about you. Just like the, the vision that the, the, the vision of God that Jesus fulfilled wasn't about wasn't just about Jesus. He was the Savior of the world. Okay? He was the Savior of the world. And the last thing I'll say is make sure that whatever your vision is, it's centered in the cross. It's centered in the good news, in the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's got to be the foundation of any vision that we have. If that's not our foundation, if the cross is not our foundation, we're missing it. We get away from that. I don't know about you, but in my life, when I get away from mercy and grace, I get away from the cross, I get lost. I get lost. Things start spinning out of control. I start losing sight of what really matters. And then when when I lose sight of mercy and grace from God towards me, then I begin to lose sight of mercy and grace towards others. You ever find yourself in a car, somebody doing the speed limit on a mountain road? You're like, unbelievable. They're doing that on purpose. They're doing the speed limit on purpose just to get to me. Ah, uh, everyone there? Uh, yeah. Road rage. Maybe get out and take somebody out because they're doing the speed limit. I dare them. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it's terrible, man. It's terrible. So that's my heart. I just wanted to share my heart with you. In reference to vision this morning. Listen, sometimes it's not how pretty you get across the goal line. I like football. I like Cowboys football. Amen. Amen. All right. Anyway. But, but you know, it's not really how pretty the touchdown is. It doesn't matter. You know, you can... Oh. Okay. Okay. Lord, I forgive him. He knows not what he does. Uh, you're right. I humble myself. And, uh, but, it, but it's just the fact that you get across the goal line. Score. You know, whatever you do, score. Don't quit. Don't give up. The Lord, the Lord will help you. He's there. But don't quit. Press on. 
very easy in those places to want to quit and get shipwrecked on the island of bitterness. <laughs> get shipwrecked on the island of judgment. Don't get shipwrecked in your vision. Okay? Deal with your heart. Let the Lord speak to you, minister to you. And realize that in that season of hard stuff that you may be going through in the vision, that God's doing a work in you. Amen? Love you, God.